0: Hi, this is Gina Master di Casa, and welcome to the Sunshine State Nerdy Foodie. I'm here today to talk about one of the most iconic industries in the state of Florida, Florida orange juice. And more importantly, I've invited Dr. Lisa House, who's chair of the University of Florida Department of Food and Resource Economics, to talk a little bit more about what she knows about orange juice in Florida. The reason I chose this topic is because The Florida orange and Florida orange juice is the iconic industry in the state. And if you have ever been to Florida, you notice that there are oranges on our license plates because we've become so well known for Florida orange juice. There are so many things about Florida orange juice that people don't know. They just simply think, I'm going to the grocery store and going to buy some orange juice. But instead, there's a lot of supply and demand and economic issues related to florida orange juice so sit back relax and i hope you enjoy this first episode thank you so much for being willing to speak with me today dr house um tell me a little bit about what you do at the university of
1: florida Okay. Well, I'm a professor in food and resource economics, uh, which is the study of economics and business related to the food and agricultural system. Um, my particular area of research is I study what, how consumers make decisions, uh, mostly regarding food. And so you might wonder why an economist cares about how people make decisions regarding food, um, we're particularly interested in, in how they make decisions regarding what they're willing to pay for different food products and how that um, transfers all the way back to the farmer in terms of how, whether or not they can be profitable growing the healthy foods that we need to eat today.
0: Well, that is actually very cool. And to think about that's something you can go into to study and become an expert in. I just don't think... I don't think there's many high school kids out there saying that's what I wanna be when I grow up, but
1: I, I'm glad you're there. Thanks, it's not, what I, it's not what most of us started out in high school. Um, we call food and resource economics a found major. Um, people usually don't come to college knowing about it, um, but they might stumble upon one of our classes while they're here and, and find it as interesting as I did. So you've
0: been working a lot with the commodity of citrus and orange juice in particular. Could you talk a little bit about what you know about orange juice consumption
1: and where it's going? Sure, so obviously being in Florida, citrus is important and one of the largest pieces of that is orange juice. Um, People may not realize, but most of the orange juice that's produced in the United States is produced in Florida. Um, California and Texas also produce citrus, but they tend to specialize more in the fresh crop. And so the juice that you drink and buy at the store, if it's from the United States is most likely to be from Florida. And so I do spend a lot of time trying to understand how consumers make decisions about whether or not they want to buy orange juice. And that is something that's been changing over time. Um, Orange juice is one of the um, most popular of the fruit juices that's out there, but over time, and, and you may know this just from going to the grocery store, there's a lot more choice than there used to be for juices. Um, Depending on what your age is, when I was growing up, the choices tended to be things like apple grape or orange juice. And now if you go to the store, you see this wall of all these different flavored and interesting juices. And so that means the orange juice industry has more competition. Um, People may drink a little bit more juice, but now they're spreading it across all these different juices. And so over time, we've seen per capita consumption, the amount each person on average drinks of orange juice decreasing. And so the industry is obviously interested in that because uh, orange juice has a lot of great vitamins and nutrients in it that are healthy, and they would like to see people drinking more orange juice. So we try to understand what influences people to choose orange juice over other juices and how they choose between the many different orange juices.
0: So I remember seeing when I was a
1: kid, they'd always
0: have the classic breakfast would be usually cereal. Maybe toast, maybe orange juice, maybe the typical breakfast in America?
1: Well, one thing that we've seen happen is breakfast has really changed over time. Like you said, you just described the breakfast that I remember seeing on commercials, and um, sometimes cereal and milk would be part of it, but orange juice was part of it. We see a lot more breakfast on the go now. Um, The coffee industry has obviously grown a lot in the last 20 years, if you think about not just Starbucks, but Starbucks didn't used to exist. And now that's a big piece for a lot of people. And so um, we do still see orange juice is perceived um, as a part of breakfast. Um, it is, people do drink it throughout the day, but it's clearly still associated with breakfast. But breakfast itself has declined some. And so that's also led to a little bit of the decrease in orange juice consumption.
0: So what are orange juice? processors and growers of citrus trying to do? What what do they wanna see happen other than people obviously buying more orange juice? What what are some of the things they would like to see to change some trends in consumption?
1: So right, so obviously orange juice producers and processors are interested in in selling more orange juice. So they're trying to understand um, what leads people to purchase orange juice. Uh, one of the things that they're trying to understand is there's sort of two different decisions that go into almost any product that you purchase, but particularly a food product that you purchase regularly. One is the decision about whether or not you're going to consume that product at all. So am I going to drink orange juice? And then there's kind of a second decision. Once you've decided that you're going to be in the market for orange juice, the question is, how often am I going to drink it? So the orange juice industry is always interested in understanding um, what people's preferences are. For example, you know, do they want smaller bottles that they can take on the go with them for their breakfast on the go? Are they more interested in some of the in some of the blends that blend orange juice with other flavors? Are they interested in calcium enriched orange juice? Are they concerned about um, sugar and wanting one of the reduced sugar orange juices? So they're really just trying to understand what. Um, different people want. And and that's just the thing is not everybody wants the same thing out of orange juice. And again, that also explains why when you go, if you go to the refrigerated section and look at orange juice in a supermarket, you have a lot of different choices, not just brands, but whether or not there's pulp, whether or not it's reduced sugar, whether it is blended with other flavors and that's to meet all those different things, different types of people like to have. One
0: of the things I've learned recently is that there's actually a definition of orange juice, what counts as orange juice. It isn't just anything that comes from anything citrus. There's an actual legal definition. And I believe it's in the federal statutes, if I'm correct.
1: That's correct. Um, If you're like me, when I started working with it, I thought, you know, there's oranges, there's grapefruit, there's tangerine, they're each kind of their own thing. But it, it actually turns out that there's a lot of different varieties of orange and tangerine and grapefruit, and sometimes there's hybrids of the two of them. So understanding whether something is actually an orange or it might be a hybrid of something else, and then what goes into the orange juice, um, that's part of why they have those definitions. But again, it's it's so that there's a consistent flavor and so that you know that that's what you're getting when you purchase it.
0: Well, in fact, related to that, I, I learned that there's a bit of a, I don't even know if it's an effort, I would say more of a discussion about should they expand the definition to allow more varieties that might be say 25% changerine and the rest orange or other kinds of things with that open up the market possibly for uh, different orange juices out there.
1: Well, and there's, there's some research going on where our food science department does some work on taste testing, sensory evaluation, they call it. Some of the newer varieties of tangerines, historically tangerines wouldn't have been juicy enough or produce enough juice to really consider economically. It would be so expensive to make juice out of tangerines that we wouldn't have thought of that. But some of the newer varieties of tangerines actually produce a a good amount of juice with a good um, flavor associated with them. They're testing fairly well. And so there is some thought that combining them with a percent of the tangerine juice with orange juice actually creates kind of a nice flavor. So there, I do believe there is some discussion about how much tangerine juice could be in an orange juice and still be called orange juice.
0: I I hadn't quite thought about exactly how you draw the line, but there, there certainly needs to be, I guess, some boundaries or you'd have Who knows what would be in
1: an orange juice? Well, exactly, exactly. And like I said, it has to do with the fact that they are actually different things, a tangerine and orange, obviously a grapefruit, I think we think of it, but they at times get fairly close to each other in terms of, for for the novice who isn't experienced and can't taste the juices and tell the difference, uh, for the professionals that work with it, they can easily taste the difference between tangerine and orange. But for a lot of us, it just tastes like good what we think is orange juice, even if there is some tangerine in there.
0: One of the things that I also understand is that the growers of citrus pay um, a tax on each box that they, they grow and sell. And that money is then used for specific purposes, um, mostly through the Florida Citrus Commission. They also give some money to the Citrus Research Development Foundation um, for research. But I believe there's also a discussion on how much money should go to marketing. And I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are on marketing. Is it, is it worth it? Does it work
1: for orange juice? Well, so the quick answer to that is yes, it definitely works. We do a lot of research. That's one of our areas where we look at the box tax funds, the Florida Department of Citrus. One of the things the Florida Department of Citrus does is it runs the generic advertising campaigns for orange juice. So if you think back to all of the advertising that you see about orange juice, some of it is going to be brand related. Of course, you see the different brands advertising their product, but there's a lot out there that's just generic orange juice. Um, you know, orange juice, an older one was orange juice. It's not just for breakfast anymore. Um, there's advertisements now. just even seeing the Florida citrus tree to know on the, the little picture of it, It's on some of the packages so you know that the juice or the product is coming from the state of Florida. So that is all funded through that box tax and and the programs through the Department of Citrus. And we do research every year that looks at what they've done with that money and how it returns back to the grower. And we find for every dollar that's invested in marketing generic orange juice, there is considerably larger than a dollar return in sales. And so that is helping industry expand. We often talk about generic advertising's goal is to expand the pie to get more people to drink orange juice, where brand advertising is typically more focused on choose our brand, you know, brand A over brand B. Generic advertising is trying to build the entire market.
0: Or the folks who were home at the pandemic, which was everybody in the beginning and then the rest of us uh, are back at work, interaction or what relationship did the pandemic have on orange juice purchases and consumption.
1: Right. So the pandemic was really interesting for orange juice. We saw a lot of things happen to food and agriculture with the pandemic. Some foods really had challenges associated with even just getting to the market. Um, and if you think about different types of food products and whether or not they're going to spoil or whether or not they can be stored, it has a lot to do with it. So orange juice had the advantage of it can be stored. And so if people can't get to the grocery store or can't get to where they would get orange juice right away, it doesn't spoil as quickly as say fresh fruits and vegetables. The other uh, issue that came up is, um, and we've known this for a long time, that one of the things that we call them demand drivers, things that get people to purchase orange juice. Uh, one of the important things is the nutritional benefits of orange juice and the feeling that a lot of people have that orange juice, the vitamin C content in orange juice is going to help you stay healthy and, and help your immunity. And so we saw two things drive people to buying a lot more orange juice at the beginning of the pandemic. One of it was probably that belief that it was going to help them stay healthy. And one of it was there was a lot of what we call pantry stocking. At the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't know how often we were going to be able to go grocery shopping. The grocery stores were running out of certain food products. And so people tended to buy more to make sure that they could have it. And orange juice was one of those that saw a very large spike in purchases. So actually they ended up selling, after years of decline in how much people purchase orange juice, there was this huge jump in orange juice purchases in March of purchases, in March of... 2020. And that has certainly declined some as we've moved through the pandemic, but actually purchases of orange juice have stayed higher than they were pre-pandemic. So I think, and, and this is not from my research, this is just my belief and talking to some people that a lot of people went back to orange juice that maybe had kind of gotten out of the habit. And when they had it again, they remembered that it actually tasted really good and it stuck with them a little bit after the pandemic.
0: That actually makes a lot of sense thinking about people just rediscovering orange juice. And in fact, I will confess that when the pandemic first began, we were making cocktails at home a lot because a (laughs) lot of places were not available. And I was purchasing grapefruit juice for my preferred cocktail for a bit. Um, and I was buying good, fresh grapefruit juices. And I don't normally buy that myself. So I think that could be a factor. I'm just throwing that out there. That's probably more anecdotal than, than support your research. but We, we right actually do
1: research on grapefruit in man, many different countries because Florida actually exports grapefruit. And uh, questions we ask people when we ask about their grapefruit consumption is whether it was consumed as part of a beverage. That's a real thing. And in some countries, um, not just the cocktails, but grapefruit beer is fairly popular in some of the Asian countries.
0: Right. And if I remember correctly, somebody told me that Japan is a big consumer of Florida grapefruits. Japan and South Korea, actually. South Korea. Very interesting. I that I didn't know either. So yeah. see, <laughs> this is why we bring experts in to ask good questions. Yeah. Um, another question I had was, so sometimes there are Barriers to growing oranges um, for orange juice. And so we've certainly had a lot of diseases over the years. So most recently, HLB has been causing citrus green. And that means the fruit doesn't ripen properly, it'll drop. It's it's odd looking and it's hard inside. And so that's been a challenge. But there's certainly been movement towards it. But the big thing I remember is from 2017, I believe, when Hurricane Irma kind of managed to hit Florida just in the right path and right timing to really do two Florida oranges. Um,
1: Do you have any information about what happened then? So the Florida citrus industry in general historically has had challenges every so many years, whether it be disease or hurricanes that are gonna impact production. And, and it's one of those uh, sort of curses of being in Florida that, that we seem to attract our share, fair share of hurricanes. And the timing of hurricane season tends to be near harvest time for citrus, which makes it worse because when the fruit is near harvest, it's the heaviest on the trees. And that's when the wind does the most damage in terms of knocking it off the tree. And so we've seen a couple of times where hurricanes have come through and really decreased you know the crop year. Um, not only that, it's it's quite possible that in 2004 and 2005 when the hurricanes came through Florida that they probably helped set, spread the insect that transmits this disease that infects citrus trees. So it's it's kind of been a combination of hurricanes and what we this bug called the Asian citrus psyllid, which. Transmit a virus to the trees. Now just I'll get this out there because when people who aren't familiar with trees hear that they start to worry it's not something that can go to humans. What it does though is it stops the tree from effectively getting the nourishment that it needs and so the tree goes into kind of protect mode and it's going to protect the tree and not worry about the fruit so the fruit falls off the tree early And that has really done two things to producers in the state. It's decreased the production of citrus tremendously. The tree simply can't produce what it used to be able to produce. It's also really increased the cost of production. So first of all, we have a tree that isn't producing as much as it used to. So what it produces is more expensive. But it's also costing more to keep that tree alive and try to keep this disease from infecting the trees. So we've had both a decrease in production an increase in cost so it's it's done a couple of things we are producing less juice and so we've had to import more juice so it's actually harder to get 100 florida orange juice right now because we're not producing as much and it's also increased the prices so again going back to my being an economist when the price of something increases the demand for it falls so another reason we've seen some decreases in consumption of orange juice over time is it has become more expensive as production has become more expensive So, right, we look towards all the horticultural scientists, microbiologists, and all the other scientists in IFAs to try to find things that are going to help those trees survive and produce more and better tasting fruit at a lower cost for the producers.
0: I know that a lot of the citrus growers are following a variety of paths to keep their groves going, and many are replanting, starting over with new trees, trying different types of trees, trying everything from a cover that goes over the little baby trees so that the bugs can't eat them. Um, and there's there's a lot of different styles and things. So I do think that there are many folks hanging into the industry to, to grow oranges and, and continue on. But on the other hand, there are some that just at some point the economics don't make any sense. And, and they decide to sell, whether it be they've received a great offer up. The land, which is a true reality with so many people moving into Florida, there's people looking to buy land to build new houses, and then just simply there's it's time to, to move on. So I think that's another interesting thing to watch because over time, if, if enough people get out of the orange juice industry, what will that do to those remaining? Will that be a good thing for them because there's less competition, or are people going to move away from all of it?
1: Well, I think it's mostly bad probably not mostly good and there's one of the reasons for that is as as you lose producers and you lose fruit in the state then you lose the ability to support some of the processors who are making the orange juice so you could get to a point where if processors are closing that even the growers that are left have less options of what to do with their fruit so it's not automatically just better because my competition left so i get more of the market that might work better if I was able to produce more. So if my competition leaves and I can expand, then I can take advantage of that. But the problem is the limit on expanding due to the costs right now. But yeah, it's uh, they are trying many different things to find solutions to find ways to live with this and and reduce costs. But it would be really hard to think about the state of Florida without a citrus industry and. That goes back to one of the things we were talking about earlier in terms of what people think about and, and want with orange juice. I mean, in that advertising, that the Florida Department of Citrus has spent 80 plus years branding not just orange juice, but really Florida orange juice. And when we do surveys to try to understand what consumers think, they associate Florida with quality orange juice and with quality oranges of any kind, quite honestly. So it would be really hard and heartbreaking for a lot of people to see if the industry were to really fall apart. So uh, there will, I think there'll be continued investment in there. Finding um, things that are helping growers survive with this disease, but they have yet to find the magical silver bullet that's going to cure the disease for the trees and allow production to immediately return. You know, at the beginning we thought, okay, we'll find the varieties that can survive it or we'll find a solution for it and it'll be gone and everything will be fine. It's been a much longer term learning to live with the disease and produce with it versus solve it 100%.
0: And I believe that in the state of Florida, we had the HLB and the Asian citrus psyllid first in the, for the United States anyway, and it came in as an invasive pest. But now I'm understanding that both Texas and California that, that grow fresh fruit are starting to see more and more HLB-infected trees. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the fresh fruit market as well. There aren't that many. In fact, if you go to the grocery store in Florida, they will have some oranges or tangerines that are from Florida, but they don't always look as gorgeous as the ones from California. And so people have to weigh, do you want a Florida orange or do you want a California orange? but they're generally speaking, not as attractive as fresh fruit. they taste good and they're usually not from very far away, but they are different.
1: Yeah, that's true. We've done, again, we've done work with that and consumers and in taste testing, they're pretty much going to select Florida fruit as better tasting. Um, But in part because of the humidity levels and, and different things that we have in Florida, our fruit tends to not look as pretty as California fruit. So it's just a matter of, right, what people want. And and a lot of times with that, it's just a matter of education and learning. If they realize it tastes good once you get inside of it, it, who cares what the gill looks like, quite honestly.
0: That's true. And there's also a movement in the northern part of Florida collaborating with sort of the southern half of Georgia to grow satsuma oranges, and that would be, I believe, fresh fruit. Um, So there's a lot of folks really making effort to expand the number of acres of Setsumas in the panhandle and into South Georgia. And they they also sell orange juice as well as sell them um, as fresh fruit, I believe. But seeing that part expand has been also pretty interesting. And they have the variety that they've chosen can handle
1: colder weather. Right. And we see this more with oranges. Tangerines, um, fresh tangerines used to be largely from Florida. Then they moved to being more from California when a different variety of tangerine took over. But there's been a lot of research in terms of finding a tangerine that grows in Florida. Again, the, the tangerines from Florida often have a better taste profile, but for a long time had more seeds or were more difficult to peel. There's been a lot of progress made on some varieties of tangerine that actually grow well in Florida, look pretty. So it would be a fresh fruit. And of course, grapefruit has always been both for the fresh and the juice market grown in Florida as well. But oranges and, are a little bit different.
0: And most of our grapefruits are grown in the Indian River part of Florida, right? As far as we know, I think the majority. Is. Yes. I think, um, I
1: think some in Southwest Florida as well, but Indian yeah. River is a big grapefruit area. All
0: right, And in Florida, there are three major areas that grow citrus. And so I mentioned Indian River, that's the Vero Beach and Fort Pierce area, you've got the Central Florida Ridge area, which is Lake Wales, down to Lake Placid, and all the way off to Lake Alfred, which is where the UF-IFAS Citrus Research and Education Center is. And then down in Southwest Florida with the Gulf Citrus Group, and they go all the way down into, say, Immokalee and Fort Myers area and all that. So there are three big regions that grow it, but it has steadily moved further south because they used to grow oranges really where we are now in north central florida and it was a freeze i believe that ended it in in the marion county all the way up through alachua county
1: area right and it's a little bit before my time working with citrus but i think freezes moved it south and i think when citrus canker came in the 80s that also moved it a little bit further south with a lot of the population around orlando where there used to be citrus and now there's housing
0: Yes. All right. Is there anything else that you want me to know about orange juice that is in that fantastic brain of yours? Because I know you get so excited to talk about orange juice. So I'm
1: excited to give you that audience for today. Well, thank you. I know people think it's strange. I do love talking about what people eat and especially orange juice. But no, I think I would just say if you haven't tried it in a while, you should. Fresh Florida orange juice is great. And And also, uh, whether you choose your grapefruit juice to be in a cocktail or separate, a lot of people have uh, not tried grapefruit in a while, and that's one. We've also found, if you haven't ever given grapefruit to your children, you should give it a try. Some of the kids really like that kind of sweet, sour taste, and uh, people often think, like, my kids wouldn't like grapefruit, but they haven't even tried it yet. So they're, they're healthy. Obviously, fresh fruits and vegetables in general are healthy, so having that be part of the diet, you know, you look for those chances you can, so... Give That's it a, a try. great
0: idea. I have not, I have not, I do not believe I've ever given my children a grapefruit. So I think maybe we'll have to try it.
1: You should. I have a very particular eater. I try to call her that instead of piggy. And grapefruit is one of her favorite fruits. She loves the tangy.
0: How about that? Yeah. Well, now I will give you a full report. The next time I see you, I'll get one and we'll try it out. Well, Sounds thank good. you. Thank you very much for doing this with me today. I look forward to seeing you later this week and in real life, and you get to talk about orange juice again.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for being with me today to kick off the Sunshine State Nerdy Foodie. I hope you'll listen again and look forward to the next episode.